Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Footy. I am Kate Abdo. I am your guest host this week. They invited me in. Today is a special day as well for the Morning Footy crew. Congratulations to you. It is the six-month anniversary of the launch of Morning Footy yeah. and the Golasso Network. Congratulations. Six months crazy? in. Wild. Wow. How's it feel? Feels good? Yeah, it feels, it both feels like it just started and we've been here for about 17 years. Does it not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Early mornings will do that to you. <laughs> I think because we had such a, a extensive rehearsal process as well, like it feels like we started sooner, so which adds to the, the feeling of this having happened much longer, but it's pretty wild that it's been six months and we're still, we're still on air. Yeah. They haven't canceled us yet. Yeah. Okay, so we have most of the regular morning footy group with us. Uh, Jordan Angeli is also going to be sitting in for Charlie Davies today. Nico is going to be doing the headlines. Everybody's moving around. Charlie is at home in his study, is what I've heard. Uh, he's joining <laughs> us for the day via Zoom. Charlie, is he here? Let's find out. There he is! The sea captain! Hey, six months, let's go! <laughs> Happy anniversary, He's still wearing a cardi. Happy of all the Wednesdays you had to take off, you couldn't you couldn't have made it in for this one? You know, it's just one of those things where you know I miss you guys. You know I love you guys. But rest is rest, family is family. I gotta be home in my study, right, Kate? <laughs> I, don't bring me into this. I don't know about that. I, I didn't get to hear your thoughts. What's been special to you, Nico, over this um, time? Being part of a daily show, it's kind of crazy. We've only experienced half the year cycle, and you kind of get... I, I've, I've been part of daily shows where you kind of like expect, all right, this is coming up. This is how World Cup qualifying works. This is how uh, Boxing Day works. This is how we're going to cover this. And it's fun getting to experience it with you guys and, and seeing what challenges come ahead and, and how we're going to approach a certain subject, how we're going to make something different. Um, it's been wild. It, it doesn't feel, like Alexis says, it doesn't feel like six months. But we've, we've only gotten started. It's... it's I'm, I'm super excited for everything that's that's to come. Am I? This is this my moment where I'm supposed to say that was your what moment. I like, what now. I like best. Uh. <laughs> no, no, not that moment. Um, I guess uh, so. I've been part of morning shows as well, right? And I know what that's like. I feel like you become family. You also irritate the heck out of each other. Yeah, Charlie. Like, Why are you looking at me, Suze? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone irritated anybody? <laughs> 
Why is the team looking at you? You're the you're the easy target here. Yeah. No. Uh, no, it's nothing but love. It's nothing but love. But it, you're, I even I'll you're admit, so right. I might, I might, and I, I did that on purpose because I think initially I. This is what happened. I, I get cut off all yeah. the time. All I think the time. It's, look, I think it was very difficult for me to learn how to when you're on stage as a comedian, you're by yourself, and I'm like, yo, who are these people interrupting my act? You know. So <laughs> it took a while. It took a while for me to realize. Oh, we should be having conversations. Oh. <laughs> Well, can I just say, from my perspective, that I think what you guys have created is is really dope. I think it's very cool. It's difficult to, to create something from scratch, right? To have a blank canvas, to put something together that has this kind of family feel is very cool to me. And I think it's something that the soccer community in the U.S., this is something that we needed, that was missing. And so it's very cool that you guys are the face of something and, and have created that for us. So thank you guys. Appreciate Aww, you so much. Thanks, I have a question for you. What's that? Imagine you had to do your Champions League show. Yeah. You, Thierry, Jamie me and Micah daily. Mm. How, how long before, who, who would be the first to get on your nerves and Ooh, how long? That's a great that's question. five days a week. <laughs> no, this is going to get played somewhere else. I'm not holding for this one. Uh-uh. Next question. Okay. No, come on. <laughs> no, uh, it's, you even like deflect? Susanna said, it's all love. <laughs> oh. We're good. But uh, you mentioned. Perfect face, Charlie. Best moments. Let's talk about best moments. Uh, who wants to go first? Nico, you want to go first? Your sure. favorite moments from the show? I'll go first. Look. I understand that you think you get on people's nerves. I also think you have a great quality. Um, breaking wow. interviews and, and asking <laughs> questions in a very different way. Um, because you, you, you think like that because you're a comedian and, and I was taught in a journalistic way, and you were taught in whatever way that you were taught as I a comedian. I don't think he wasn't taught. I was not taught. <laughs> um, so let me, let me just set up the clip. We were interviewing DeAndre Yedlin before Messi came to Inter Miami, and there were the rumors were getting stronger and stronger. PSG might have been out of the picture. Maybe it was back to Barcelona, Saudi Arabia, perhaps, and Inter Miami started to become a very strong player. So Alexis, instead of asking, hey, what do you think about Messi possibly coming to Inter Miami, decides to ask the question in, oh, I'm ready in for this, this fashion. <laughs> I'm going to lean on you a little bit here uh, to do some recruiting for this team. I want you to play along. I'm going to, um, the phone's going to ring. I need you to pick it up and I'm going to be someone else on the other line, okay? Ring, ring. Hello. <laughs> Uh, hola, this is uh, Leon, uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, why, why should I come to Miami? What can you tell me about Miami? <laughs> so what would you say Man, to Messi? All I, all I really got to say is it's Miami. He's been here before, so I know he knows what's up. He knows what's up? That was, that was a up. horrendous <gasps> Messi impression. Oh, my God. I figured, let me not try to do the exact Argentinian impression. Bless DeAndre Yedlin for playing along. I was focused. It took him on... a minute to get it, though, huh? <laughs> ring, I, ring. I think he thought, like, well, this can't be on live TV. You know, <laughs> I, my favorite moment was all of a sudden as I go ring, ring. I see Suze and Charlie Everybody's look staring. at me, and then Suze immediately turned around and kept it professional. Charlie immediately loses it, and if you watch, he gets out of his chair because he can't hold it together. And DeAndre is just watching this, going like, "Is this for real?" Wait, did you know? Where you were going with that, and that you were going to use that voice for I'm, Lionel I'm Messi? I clue you in. I had no clue what was coming out of my mouth next. <laughs> I was Hola. all instinct on that one. Uh, uh, what's your favorite moment, Ben? Um, I have so many. Obviously, getting a chance to bridge two things that I absolutely love, football and pizza. 
Messi again mm. presents me with an opportunity to do something profound or stupid. We don't know until I get up. And there was an opportunity <laughs> for me to defend Argentinian pizza, which Absolutely. I know Nico was very angry that night as the Messi pizza uh, sort of beat, went viral. You were very angry at the reaction oh. to it. And I said, Awful. and I said, let me try to Cultural help people understand what's happening. So uh, we came up with the name Alexis's Deep Dish Dive. Uh, and look, I have an extensive background in in understanding pizza, and I understand these like small regional versions of focaccia. And I was like, I can explain to the world, at least America, how this pizza came about in Argentina, and I got a chance to do that. And all I know is people were messaging me, "I'm proud of you." <laughs> I was like, what? Just for being this fat? That's dope. You know that I knew this information. It was very well done. It was very culturally accurate, too. Um, he made people understand what everybody was not willing to understand about Argentine pizza. And then we found out afterwards when you said it's a bad bake. Yeah, I said it's a bad bake. It literally was a bad bake because that place sent Messi half-baked pizza so he could finish it at his house. And you I know, know how we know that? Because the owner, the, great, the original <laughs> owner's great-granddaughter DM'd me to be like, you don't know, or she put it in the comments. Uh, what you don't understand is Messi lives 45 minutes away from the shop, so we purposely underbaked the pie so that his chef or whoever could finish it when they get there. And I'm like, so it was a bad bake <laughs> on purpose, but it was a bad bake. <laughs> Another of my favorite moments, though, is getting a chance to, to see two legends talk one-on-one -on -one in probably one of the most anticipated interviews, and that was Charlie and Freddie Adu. That was... Incredible, getting to be in the production room and watch that. I thought you were going to say you and Thierry Henry. I oh, thought that's yeah. what you <laughs> How is that yeah. not your favorite Too moment? Legend. I mean, I could have picked a bunch of Thierry Henry moments, but those will be my favorite in my heart. But Freddie, I do, and, and Charlie, and getting to see Charlie kind of prove that, you know, he's not just a former national team player. This dude is basically a journalist. The way he was weaving those questions basically. in and out, I mean, was absolutely impressive. My journalistic instincts. <laughs> <laughs> you crushed that, Chuck. Yeah, you did a great I job. I was so man. proud. I remember no. sitting in the control room watching that interview unfold and just thinking, there is no better person to do this. Charlie is the only person yeah. on the planet that could have done that interview and gotten those answers out of Freddie Adu. And uh, it made me so proud. I was, I was just overwhelmed with pride for you that day. Thank you. Um, you know, for me, these past six months, I've learned a lot about each of you. I, I think Susanna, we, we go back probably the furthest, obviously. We worked together with Major League Soccer, but man, the admiration I have for, for all of you because it is a commitment. And I think it's clear to, to see that we all are very passionate about the sport. We're all very passionate about having the sport grow and, and having people get their news and, and understand what the sport's all about and what's happening in the world around our sport. So. That's been incredible, and I, I, I have to give a shout-out to um, the coordinating producer, the big honcho. He's back on his first day, Mike Nastry, and then Jen Calhoun, who's been producing from day one. Um, just an absolute beast when it comes to these ideas and, and making sure that we're having fun and uh, we're getting to talk about what we, what we care about. Um, that's been awesome. And the rest of the staff, Iva's giving us all the news and, and making sure that we're all set and, and up-to-date with everything. It's been honestly an incredible experience so far. I know we're just scratching the surface, which is even uh, more special about this, but um, you what know, are you running this for is office? the vision. What is this? No, I, I, I gotta make sure people understand that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. And obviously the, at the top, it's Pete Radovich and he just says, hey, this is, this is what I envision, guys take it, right? So, um, you know, I, I have so, so many incredible moments with you guys. I mean, 
the morning footy experience in Vegas, which, which was incredible as well. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, Piff the Magic Dragon, you know, Yunus Musa, uh, Andres Canto, your father, Nico. Uh, all, all of us being together, that, that was pretty amazing. Um, having Cristo Hernandez on the show, um, you know, have, having one of Ted Lasso's main characters, that, that was pretty special. Uh, so... I just think that we've we had so much fun. Nico's dance moves, gosh. Uh, hey, now that I see it on camera, that's that's not a bad robot. I didn't think it was bad. I think it was good. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I remember robot. being like, oh, Gets it was it? the scrapyard. That's not. I, I think we're. we're I, all, I disagree. We're, we're all very different, and and I think we complement each other extremely well. Um, from the journalism of Nico, and uh, his love for Boca Juniors to Susanna orchestrating the, the, the band, the orchestra. It's been incredible, uh, Susanna, because you, you've really dialed in. I think you've, you've really grown um, exponentially because, yeah, you always knew the game. But now from a global standpoint and being able to control the three of us uh, is, is pretty impressive. And then uh, Alexis, I always knew you were the comedian. But you actually have great football knowledge, and, and I think you've also been been a great teammate. I mean, it's been a process, but uh, you, you got there. You got there. <laughs> um, Thanks no, for but, the help, Coach. Yeah. Kate, I, I know you can see that we, we genuinely love coming together and, and, and doing this every single morning. And we were getting up at... Three in the morning, two in the morning, one in the morning, um, just to make sure that we, we were coming and committed to, to this project. Amen. Labor yes. of love. I love that. Uh, Susanna, we haven't heard your moments, have we? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. No, there's been, there's so, there are, there's so many to think of. Um, but the one that I am particularly proud of and that just makes me chuckle on the inside, we had an, uh, an opportunity to interview Eddie Howe when they were over for their summer seasons. And... So my fiance is a massive Newcastle fan, and we will laugh all the time at the assistant coach, Jason Tindall, and how he is always kind of like upstaging Eddie Howe, like during the game, after game, going into shake manager's hands first. And so I was like, we're, I'm going to take this opportunity to ask Eddie Howe about Jason Tindall and if he, how he really feels about this man consistently trying to upstage him. And this clip ended up going viral in the UK and Europe and all of a sudden it was like everywhere yeah. and people were calling out Tyndall and there were all these memes and I was like oh, look look what we've done look at the look at the power <laughs> of morning footy so that one was just it was just so so funny for Remember me he got asked about it in the yes. press conference and he said yes yeah I was asked about it on this American TV the American show, we like, TV show. American TV show. that's us that's us um, so so that one was really fun and then um, another moment that just cracks me up Kate you were Actually involved uh -huh. in this moment. This is when we were all in Vegas for Nations League. Oh, the worst live on television oh, ever! My, I like God. to think the best. We had so, <laughs> so this I is never bad, saw Nico. This, this live is because bad. I was in. No, my, this is hysterical. So they sent Alexis and I out to like outside the perimeter mm -hmm. of the stadium to do a hit. There was too much traffic. We didn't get we, to get changed. We, so we were. They just threw us out there. They threw us out there, and we had these slushies. There was like a, a, a Paramount Plus tent, and they were making these like American themed slushies. And Alexis and I had. Let's them. not lie about the slushies. They were alcoholic slushies. I wish they were. They were Kate. not. I wish they I were. They were. You no. said they were at the time. I, because how else can I excuse what's going on on TV? <laughs> but we're supposed to do a talk back with you guys, and we thought we were rehearsing, and all of a sudden Kate comes out and she's like. Yeah, we Hi were guys. going back and forth trying to figure out if there's a delay. And then all of a sudden, Kate, Kate asks, so what's going on out there? And I was about to swear when I realized, wait a minute, I think Kate's tone has changed. 
This might yeah, be on air. You didn't switch we, up all the way. Because I no. remember when you would give an answer, I would look at Mo off camera and be like, what the heck are they doing? What, what's wrong with these people? So, yeah, that was, that was a good one. I enjoyed that one, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, six months in, by the way, have you run out of clothes? Uh, no, I did this we, on purpose. We rotated. Happy anniversary, oh. baby. I haven't worn this since. You haven't? Nope. Really? Saved it, yeah. Wow. Saved Wait, it. did you really? Well, the viewers yeah. haven't That's missed so it. That's so mindful. Yeah, well, I care, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I especially like it because I remember uh, the stylist that we hired was like, I'm not sure I like that shirt. And I was like, but I do. Uh, and then later she was like, I actually looks good on camera. So I was happy to do it, and I figured, it let does. me it save it. It does, it looks great, really pops. Hey, Ellen is lovely. Don't you, don't you put any. Oh, I'm any not putting a disrespect. Wait, on Charlie, can I, see, can I see your cardigan? You're the cardigan king. Yes. Look at this. This oh. is so New England. You just look like you're ready to curl up by a fire, have a hot toddy. Fire, fireplace right here. Uh-huh. I knew it. <laughs> Charlie, good morning. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you as well. I, I, do, I do wish I was there, but I have um, a trustee meeting at my, my kid's school. So that That's is, what someone uh, wearing a cardigan should say. <laughs> In, in an all wooden room. Uh, I will they, see they you in a bit. Great school and I gotta be there. Yeah. <laughs> see you in a bit, Chuck. Good luck with your skull and bones meeting or whatever you have. <laughs> yeah, we are gonna go to a break, and after that break, we're gonna have uh, another member of our morning footy crew is gonna join us. Uh, well, actually, no, he's gonna move over to the headlines. For yeah. The very first time. You oh, anxious? Nico. Can you do this? We'll we're gonna find out. Nico on the headlines next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I came into the, the U.S. soccer scene. I wasn't, I wasn't somebody that was necessarily being groomed to be the star of the team, nor do I think U.S. soccer really wanted me to be the star of the team. I think that they pretty much probably wanted to see others rise. Essentially, I feel like they groom players coming in to be the stars. And then when someone else comes in, it's, you know, it, it, it's sort of a resistance of what, what can we do? Can we not publicize this player as much or give them enough attention? I mean, I felt like that throughout my entire career. Like, it was so hard, you know, for 10 years of my career, no sponsorships, like barely anything, no opportunities, grinding away, you know, figuring out what, what do I have to do to to have the world understand what I'm about or see the, the type of player I am. And I mean, I had to score a hat trick in a World Cup final. You know, people are like, oh, where'd this player come from? I'm like, 
I've been there for I'll 10 years. I've, I've been, <laughs> been scoring game-winning goals in, you know, Algarve Cups and Olympics and all this stuff. But that's just the way the world works as far as showcasing players. You know, they're not always highlighting the, the best players. They're some, oftentimes highlighting the most marketable players. Well, the Galasso Network roster of shows it keeps on growing, and one of our latest is Kicking It. So you can join Charlie Davies, Moadu, Clint Dempsey, and me as we chat with the biggest names in the game, share their stories from on and off the pitch. And uh, let me tell you, the Carly Lloyd one is explosive. You ready for that? I can't wait yeah. for this one. I feel like we were just chatting about it a little bit, and she's one of these. She's one of these figures in soccer where I feel like perhaps she's a little bit misunderstood, but you know she's she's so unafraid to speak her her truth. Unafraid, she really for sure. she really does not care. She's very fearless in 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 that regard. And I have a feeling, and Kate, I'm sure you can attest that she said some some things that are gonna raise a few eyebrows. Yes, she did. I feel like you got hi by the way, Jordan Angeli. Nice yeah. to have you. <laughs> She joined us. Um, you're going to be with us throughout, so yes. it's good to have you today. Uh, yeah, I felt like that was a very honest, very raw, which is what you would expect of Carly, right? But oftentimes, you know, somebody's on television, they get to speak for a minute or, or two minutes with their take on the World Cup yeah. or whatever it was, which was, you know, controversial, everything that she said over there working in Australia. But to get to sit down with her and have her give her extended views on the Women's World Cup, the state of the women's national team, on um, her relationship with the U.S. Soccer Federation and, and her personal coach, who was obviously somebody that she was known to have a very intense relationship with and throughout her career. And, and just to hear all of those uh, those opinions, which kind of took me aback. I think it was one of those ones where you're sitting it and you're kind of like, wow, I, I mm. didn't expect this. Is there anyone in, in English football that you would say reminds you, or she reminds you of? Because I can't think of anyone who is openly outspoken as she is. Oh, no. Openly outspoken, no. What's funny is, is sitting there doing the show is that she, there were a lot of parallels with Clint for me. That kind of the chip on the shoulder, the anger, mm -hmm. the I'm, I'm approved this to you. Um, that kind of attitude, I thought the hesitation with the media, feeling like she wasn't fairly represented, like all of that stuff felt kind of similar to me. But, you know, Clint was never, I don't think, outspoken in that way. So, yeah, that's different. Did your opinion of her change after sitting down and having that time with her? I've always respected her. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's hard, you know, especially as a woman, somebody who's achieved to that level and, and done it with such a kind of, with such like authority mm -hmm. naturally, I have huge respect for that. Um, you know, there's some areas that I feel differently to her, the taking a knee issue, which is something that we spoke to her about, I have differing opinions on. Um, and I, you know, personally would have loved to see somebody in such a position of leadership go ahead and, and take a knee and be that figure for the United States women's national team. And I know she did it in other games, but not in the game that really threw a spotlight on it in that kind of final game that they played at the Olympics. Yeah. But uh, just respect, man. Yeah, I have a I, lot of respect for her. I, I think it's interesting because, you know, her and Megan Rapino at the same time right now with this coming out, I feel like are both people that say what they mean. You yeah. said they're they're on a, they're authentically themselves. Mm -hmm. They have very different opinions. Yeah. But I think we should commend them both for being themselves. And I think these types of conversations are very eye-opening because they do lead to areas where there are there is common ground and we can have differences and still get along with Which people. Which is valuable, right? Yes, yeah, agree. yes. Totally. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this one. It's important too because someone like Carly, I think sometimes, I'm afraid she's not misunderstood and that's just really who she is when we mm -hmm. get to see it. But you never really get to hear her for an elongated period of time. So I'm really excited yeah. because in clips, 
sometimes she can be taken out of context. So mm. now giving her the whole time, we'll get to find out exactly how she feels about yeah. certain things. You, so what you're I watching heard, tonight, you're tuning exciting. in? Oh, Heck I yeah. Wait. Okay, good. Uh, let's tune into the headlines. Nico Cantor with his headlines debut. Yeah. <laughs> He's wow. got his mate. With a mate in hand. I don't know what how to do. How are you going to? You're writing over there. Bookshelf. Nico, you talk with your hands. I do talk with so my hands. So what are you got, going to do? So culturally, you're supposed to put the thermos under your arm, and I can talk with my hands. Bookshelf, should I book? That's culturally? Wait, culturally, you're supposed to put it under your arm? Yeah. Thermos, the thermos goes under the arm. Okay, now I've got my hand so and now much. I can talk. All right, we're going to start with these headlines. Let's start in Spain where Diego Alonso, ooh, remember him? Diego Alonso has been appointed as Sevilla's new manager on a deal until the end of the season, replacing Jorge Luis Mendilibar. The Andalusian club is coming off winning the Europa League with Mendilibar, but they have struggled at the start of La Liga, sitting in 14th place with just two of their, winning just two of their eight opening matches. Plus, they sit third in their Champions League group, winless in both of their matches, so yeah, not a good start. The 48-year-old Uruguayan Diego Alonso left his role as Uruguay manager after the Qatar World Cup as his nation failed to progress out of the group stage. So we'll see how the former Inter-Miami manager does there. Okay, over in Italy, City aside, Salernitana have appointed Filippo Inzaghi as their new manager. Inzaghi's last job was as coach of City beside Regina, which he left at the end of the season after the club went into administration and uh, were demoted two divisions. The 50-year-old replaces Paulo Sosa at Salernitana, who are 19th in City after drawing three and losing five of their opening eight league matches. All right, in international news, I guess I'm going to like this one because Real Madrid's Brahim Diaz has chosen to represent... Yeah, Morocco internationally, according to multiple reports. The 24-year-old Malaga native has only featured for Spain's senior squad once, which came in a 2021 friendly versus Lithuania. Diaz was a key player under current Spain manager Luis de la Fuente for Spain at the youth level, but he hasn't really been a part of the regular plans of the senior squad. Morocco was announced as the Africa Cup of Nations host for the 2020 five edition. His uh, mother is Moroccan, by the way. Moving it on over to the Premier League, Brighton right back Tarek Lamptey has pulled out of the Ghana squad for the October for October's international. Because of injury, the 23-year-old missed his team's 2-2 draw with Liverpool on Sunday after picking up a knock against Marseille in the Europa League. Ghana play Mexico and the U.S. in a pair of international friendlies this month. His Brighton teammate, by the way, Kaoru Mitoma, also withdrew from international duty this week, missing Japan's fixtures against Canada. Ooh, Canada back in action. And Tunisia this month. Staying in England, Wayne Rooney has been confirmed as the new manager of Birmingham City, replacing former manager John Eustace despite an impressive start to the season. So look, the 37-year-old former England captain, we know this, left DC United by mutual agreement on Saturday night and now returns to English football's second tier where he had already managed Derby County for two years between, did I say Derby? Derby County, two, between 2020 and 2022. Rooney signs a three and a half year contract with the club. Ashley Cole, John O'Shea, Carl Robinson, and Pete Shuttleworth have been named Rooney's assistant coaches. Sues, if Rooney <laughs> ever comes back to the MLS, uh, you think uh, he'll be remembered for a good Ooh. 
tenure in oh, American that's such a good question. soccer? I mean, I, as a player oh. and oh. coach. As a, as a coach, I, we spoke about it a little bit earlier this week. Um, I, as a manager, I don't think that Wayne Rooney was fully bought into this product. And, and I said it earlier, like, I was very surprised when he came back as a manager because he didn't seem to be that happy. His family wasn't that yeah. happy in the States. And so when they when DC announced that he was coming in, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, as a player, I think that he was, I mean, he had so many fun, incredible moments for DC. And I think that the fan base there really, really loved having him. And yeah, yeah and, and he seemed he seemed more bought in at the time. I think now, especially the way this all kind of, you know, it was immediately after their their final game. He announces so that weird. he's leaving. They were still technically in playoff contention mm. at that point. And then for it to be a few days later, and he's already appointed the, the new head coach at Birmingham, I think it kind of shows like where his head was at. And it clearly was not, he wasn't fully invested in the D.C. project. Yeah, but I also feel like he came into D.C. inheriting this team under Hernan Losada, which was like a, a completely fire. different style of play than Rooney wants to play. Um, and I think he was just trying to organize the pieces. And maybe he didn't realize that coming in. And once he got there, that's a big job for anybody. And I think it, maybe it wasn't the best setup for Rooney to come in and say, okay, I can organize this in the way that I want to. Um, He'll be more remembered as a player. It's Wayne Rooney. But yeah. I think as a manager, we knew this was going to come. He was going to go back to England. It kind of was like, when is it going to happen? And now that it's here, it feels like um, it was a short coaching stint here at MLS, but not one to be remembered. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the top teams in Euro qualifying so far. That and more after a short break. Stay with us. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Morning Footy. So the international break, of course, marks the return of qualifying for the 2024 European Championships. As you can see, uh, there are a handful of teams still unbeaten as action. I'm sorry, no, that's the qualifying matches coming up. You can't see that yet, but I can tell you that there are a handful of teams still unbeaten as action resumes uh, this week. We're going to start by talking uh, about France, who you can see are away <coughs> in Amsterdam uh, against the Netherlands. They are five wins in five. They're top of Group B right now. Uh, all clean sheets, by the way, in those five wins but forget the defensive side can we talk about the attacking talent on this squad for a second because you've got Mbappe Colomuani Dembele Turan like it's stacked Alexis yeah and Giroud the, the leading scorer in French Griezmann history. yeah Griezmann who's, who's converted, scoring crazy goals for Atletico also converting from from as we knew him as a striker early on in his uh, career to probably one of the most influential midfielders in the last World Cup I mean it's an it's an incredibly impressive squad especially when you consider the coach has been there for over a decade I mean is this is it's hard to see how a team beats them. You have to have moments of brilliance like Argentina did in that final to even stop Mbappe and his, his, um, his uh, hat trick. But Taram, I mean, absolutely looking incredible at Inter. You know, coming in, you wonder what Inter is going to do with Lukaku gone. Can Lautaro Martinez provide that, that sort of big step forward? 
And that partnership with him and Taram is really starting to produce some, some wonderful goals. I can only imagine that's going to, you know, sort of make the same uh, yeah. uh, impact in the uh, national team. And Taram also has the benefit of playing um, it, it, with this team who I, I think one of the things I love most about France is they stick to what they're really good at, which is they have speed up front and their counter press in moments just suffocates the opponent. So they could then win the ball back higher on the field. I feel like Griezmann does a really good job of orchestrating in the center center of midfield. So when they do win the ball back up, it's immediate pressure, pace, coming at you in a stretched out back line. Uh, I just think of the last time they played Netherlands and that's how they got after them in the, the Euro qualifiers. So um, Gosh, I, I just can't imagine lining up against this, this front line and thinking, we got a good, good shot at winning this game because <laughs> they are devastating. Uh, what about Kylian Mbappe? He's always the first name that you talk about when you talk about the French squad. Uh, he's top of league on scoring, but he has gone a few matches without scoring. And there's kind of this talk in the French media of what's wrong with Kylian Mbappe. I don't think anything's wrong with Kylian Mbappe. I mean, this, he's he's a, a natural-born scorer. This guy, he's gonna he's gonna find his way. I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to kind of get back mm -hmm. to France. You know that he's so passionate about playing for his country. Um, he's done well in these qualifiers. Like he, this is a, an opportunity for him. Now, I don't want to even want to say reset because it sounds ridiculous when you're talking about a player of the quality of of Mbappe. But we expect so much from him because of what he's capable of. That the fact that he's off to a kind of slow start in Lyon right now um, is a bit of a surprise, but I don't think anyone's worried about the production that is going to come from a player. Even after the like Newcastle him. game? Yeah. I'm sure you were watching it. Oh, I sure was. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that he... Uh, he's just too talented. Yeah. There's, uh, he's too talented, and, and I think that he's a guy that wants to be the guy, you yeah. know, like he, he, he wants that kind of pressure. And I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that he's going to uh, go absolutely nuts in these qualifiers. I feel like I f I'm anticipating big performances mm -hmm. from him because people start to, when you start to hear those, those whispers and the doubts start to creep in, I think that's when players like Mbappe kind of elevate and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, Doubt, doubt me again, I dare you. And when you look at the field for the Euros, there's so many questions. England, is Southgate the right guy for the job? Can he get the most out of this talent? You look at Germany, uh, Nagelsmann coming in. Can he, you know, sort of right the wrong of what happened at Bayern and make that shift? Can he get this German team playing well? When you look at when you look at Germany, there really almost are no questions. Upa Meccano maybe has had a bit of a slow start um, and not a great last season. And Mbappe, a bit of a question, tiny bit of a question when you think about it. Uh, really, it's just a situation at PSG, which you can see, you know, Parc de Prince behind us. It's, it's a bit untenable. It's, it's one of those things where you want, you hope that there is, there is some resolution to it. Will he, won't he go to, uh, yeah. to Real Madrid? Will he stay? The, the club sort of almost forcing him to stay for another season or making it impossible for him to leave, refusing to sell him. Will that weigh on him when it gets to the national team? It almost feels like the national team becomes a reprieve for him. It's like a release. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he, he's comfortable with all the players he's playing around at, at PSG, especially that Newcastle game. It felt like he was just pressing the game. He was trying so hard to find the space um, because there was barely any. When he's with France, it feels like it's a little easier. He understands mm -hmm. relationships around him. So much turnover at PSG over the offseason. That's the wrong way like, around, though, isn't it? Shouldn't it be that you understand the relationships around you at, at the <laughs> totally. level? I, no, I totally think so, but I think with PSG, <clears throat> and the changes that have happened around him and the, the drama that has gone Not on. Not being involved in preseason, too. Yeah, I think well it just that. looks a little uncomfortable. So can this be a really good time for him to go into national team camp, regain a little bit of that, like, this is who I am, and bring that back to PSG? Because... 
yeah, I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to be absolutely fine. And this could be a, a nice window for him to reinstate, hey, I'm going to score some goals, and this is the, the form I'm going to bring back into my club. You mentioned Didier Deschamps been in charge for, did you say over a decade? I didn't realize it over had been that long. Which is crazy, right, when you consider the fact that he's not one of those coaches that, like you say, Gareth Southgate, I've heard those rumors, you know, they kind of come around cyclically, right? Is he the right guy? Can he really take us to the next level? You don't really hear that with Didier Deschamps, do you? Just like universally respected and in that position with authority. There's, there's something calming about him. His demeanor reminds me of Arsene Wenger, that even during the tough moments, and maybe it's a French thing, or maybe they're from the same town, maybe they grew up on the same block, I probably should have looked it up. <laughs> Uh, when th there's a calmness in which they sort of take criticism. And there were moments uh, previous to the World Cup where there were maybe a few questions were being asked, is Didier Deschamps the right guy for this? But this calming force, this sort of fatherly figure that he presents kind of may maybe gives me an inclination as to why it's such a, such a reprieve mm. or uh, a nice moment for uh, Mbappe when he goes there. There's, I would never tell, it feels like Didier Deschamps will walk away from the game when he's ready because he's proven time and time again that he gets the best out of this yeah. squad. Come on, you get him or to Or when he final? doesn't get to finals because that's just yeah. what he does. Uh, yeah, he does. That's it. It's all, and apparently he is just, he is a, a fantastic, just a man manager. Um, he, and he has, he has to deal, look at all the, look at the names mm -hmm. on this yeah. roster. Look at the stars. <laughs> Star power. The stars that mm -hmm. he is dealing with. I mean, that takes a, a special individual to, to know how to kind of manage those egos and, and where to play guys and how to get the best out of him. And Didier Deschamps has been able to do that for over a decade now, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. Crazy. He's just so solid. He's also so French. He carries himself with such elegance. Ooh. Mm. I almost hate it. Way to it. put that in there. <laughs> oh. uh, Portugal and Scotland, by the way, the other two teams who are unbeaten in a European qualifying perfect record. Uh, by the way, are you dying? Because it's getting progressively colder in this studio, let me tell you. <laughs> That's why it's You're the worst I'm, seat of the house. I'm looking at your bare arms yeah, right now, and I literally want to come gonna wrap, change. You, my jacket? wrap you jacket on. in my, my heated blanket that I keep. Kate Kane and the the in the, yeah. in the worst house of this, this whole studio. By the way, six months in, how how is this still happening? How is it still this cold in the studio? We have every day. Every day. It's a losing battle. I don't know why. You look like the villain in a Mean Girls film now right. all of a sudden. Leather jacket? <laughs> Leather yeah. jacket. Watch out. She looks this cool. This is uh, Grease happening. Cool as hell. Cool rider. Cool rider. Do we have the rights cool to this? I've never that? seen Grease. Grease 2. Stop oh it. You have Grease 2. Grease. That's Grease 2. Grease. <laughs> Do you like Grease 2? I love Grease 2. Oh, Should we get a commercial and <laughs> let them go make ice cream? <laughs> ice cream Sundays? <laughs> how, how have you not seen Grease? I've never seen like Star so. Wars Grease. I didn't learn English until I was nine. I missed a bunch of this stuff. My wife gets mad at me. How old are you? Huh? How old are you? I'm in entertainment. I'm timeless. Oh, so he won't tell us his age? What was his age? What's his age on Wikipedia? Somebody knows his age. <laughs> hey, Char, what's There's his age? There's actually a big range online. Oh, really? Yeah, it's You've Googled funny. yourself? Uh, well, I watched Charlie well, yeah. do it in front of me. <laughs> 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 okay, we are going to go to a break. Uh, we're going to switch gears from European qualifying to the tight playoff races in MLS. That's coming up after a short break. Don't move. We'll be right back. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. 
Okay, so the international break means a stop, of course, in league play in most of the world. Not, though, the case in America, where both MLS and the NWSL are going to play their final match days this upcoming weekend. We're going to start by talking about MLS, where a revamped playoff structure is going to be unveiled. Here's a look for you at that new structure. Let's break it down. 18 teams qualify for the playoffs, nine in each conference. Uh, the playoffs consist of five total rounds, starting with the play-in round. A new wrinkle is going to be the best of three series in the first round. That is followed by single game rounds in the conference, semifinals and final. For those of you counting at home, 18 of 29 MLS teams make the playoffs, which does, uh, from my perspective, at least seem a little excessive. Everyone was trying, listen, I'm not, I'm not an American soccer person. I'm new to this country still in some ways, right? And I'm always focused on European soccer. So when you guys were trying to break this one down to me in the production meeting, I was left a little... Baffled. I think honestly. we convinced you, right? That playoffs totally. are the way to go. Yeah. Huh. Even though it's like we were speaking one of the eight languages you don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> 18 of 29 teams, Alexis? It's, oh, it's too many. Come on. It's absolutely too many. I had to, I did the math because I'm not good with math. It's 62% of all the teams. Oh, get that's into crazy. the playoffs. So you, you start if you have a better than 50-50 chance of making it into the playoffs. That's nuts. Already. First of all, let's let's not even talk about the fact that they all pretty much it's revenue sharing, so everyone pretty much makes the same amount of money, regardless of how much you put in outside of like gate and certain things. So so just by being in the league, you're already kind of winning in a sense. Uh, but then making the playoffs, you know, it sort of sets the stage where, and I've said this on the show many times, the first third of the season is basically a preseason. We've seen time and time again, we always say the positive side of it, which is the team that catches heat towards the playoffs gets in. But the, the negative part of that is you might not even really need to try at the beginning of the season mm -hmm. because all you have to do is catch it at the right time. You just can't leave it to too late. But we saw Portland that one year. Mm -hmm. They were horrible until, yes, yeah, Seattle. And these were teams that gone on to either have a strong playoff and in some cases even win MLS Cup. Now, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that a single table is the only way to do it. I do think there's some – the negative about the, the way it's done in Europe or outside of this country is sometimes – you find out who the winner is weeks before the, the final uh, you know, part of the season. And then why are we even watching these games? Sometimes it's just to make sure that teams don't get relegated. But there's a chunk of teams in the middle of the table that really have nothing left to play for. They're not going to get in Europe and they're mm -hmm. not going to get relegated. So they're just sitting around waiting, right? And I know there's pride for the players and stuff. I'm not saying that Spoilers the players don't too. care. Yeah. yeah. But in this situation, pretty much every team outside of Colorado and Toronto this year have had a shot or a chance to get in the playoffs in these last few weeks. Sh so Chicago it had some excitement. You, the system. you like it. I think there's pros and cons. I think we don't need to have this many teams. No. I get frustrated previously, Kate. I don't you might not know this. Playoffs were the was the big like sort of ratings push for MLS. So they were like, how do we get the playoffs to be even bigger and even more exciting? Because that's when they were making the most amount of, of views and, and the most amount of ratings. But now it's behind a paywall. Yeah. We don't need any of that. That's not people aren't buying subscriptions just for the playoffs. The thing the thing that bothers me about this expanded playoffs is that it, you know, <sighs> it sort of waters down the quality of, of MLS and teams that have a losing record, like a Chicago, for example. They have 10 wins on the season. They, and they shouldn't be rewarded. They shouldn't be rewarded for being below average. And a lot of times what happens in MLS is that a team will say, oh, we made the playoffs. That's that equals success. Mm -hmm. And then the impetus for teams to get better and improve and invest more because it's like, well, we were a playoff team last year. We got to the playoffs. And I think it completely waters down the quality of the product. Now, this expanded playoff field, let's, it, it, it's one of those things. There's pros and cons for sure. Like Inter-Miami, for example, all of a sudden, they were, they were dead last, dead last in the standings. And then this expanded playoff format 
could have allowed them to get into the playoffs. And would we have all loved to have seen a healthy Lionel Messi playing in the playoffs in MLS Cup? It would have been mayhem. It would have been amazing. But that, alas, is not what happened. Um, but I just think that I just think that it, it rewards bad teams, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that should be the case. I think that, that you know, making the playoffs should be something that a team should str- really strive for, but it also it has to be a challenge. 62% of teams should not be making the playoffs. I'm sorry. And the, they've readjusted and tinkered with what the playoff format has looked like so many times. It changed again this year. I, yeah. I didn't realize that until halfway through the season. Yeah. It changed. You're adding more games to a season where the teams are already complaining about how many games there are. But I also think it takes away from, like, we like playoffs as Americans because of the win-in-advance type of mentality. So now you're adding a home-and-away series to a win-in-advance type of thing. It feels confusing to me because that's part of playoffs, right? You could be the last team in. You could be number nine team and make it to the final if you win in advance. But it's just its too much. It's confusing. You were sitting there oh, like, yeah. <laughs> right? Do you, I mean, yeah, 100%. Do you feel like, okay, I can understand it from the business perspective, mm-hmm. why this American system makes sense. From a, from a fan of the sports perspective, I still struggle to see what you're saying. I still struggle to see how this is a system that benefits me as a fan. Well, I mean, consider yourself, imagine last season you were a fan of a team that finished outside of the European positions in the Premier League. Um, this would be an opportunity to still play for something. Uh, if you are one of the 700 teams that get into the playoffs, you now have a benefit where you have something to, to root for. At the I don't end of the think season. there's that many teams. If you take the Premier League as an example, I don't think there's that many teams that end up feeling like they don't have something to play for. I think oftentimes, yeah. if you're talking about top six making it into Europe, right? How many is it now even with the you know, European Conference League that I should know the name of, but I've forgotten it. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The one below the Europa League. Conference. Conference, Conference. League. Conference. Right. Conference. Yeah. yeah, right. I was kind of right. Um, so if you think about how many teams are making it into Europe there, then there's this number of teams that, you know, are worried about relegation. I, I don't feel like you get that big of a swathe of teams in the middle there's, of the table that got nothing to play for. But in MLS, there's 29 teams. There's going to be 30 in, what, a year, a little over a year. Uh-huh. That 30 is different than 20, right? I think yes. when you're talking about that middle of the table, if that's mm-hmm. who yeah. you're saying, if you just go to a, to a strict table, um, I think that does change things. But I agree. I think if you're in the middle of the table, you can play spoiler, which we're kind of seeing in, ML, in NWSL is these teams trying to play spoiler at the end of the season. Um, same kind of system, but uh, different league where it's tight. And, you know, I just think it's interesting. And this conversation doesn't matter if there's no pro rel. It really doesn't, right? No, I just don't know how MLS, MLS ultimately, I think, has to want to draw attention from from Europe, right? Has to want to be relevant and impactful outside of America, because that that's every sports league's intention, right? Do we? Don't you? No, NFL why? makes more money than the Premier League, and nobody cares about it outside of America. That's not true. That's not true. And they, wh- why are they going to London? Yeah. Why are they, they making those efforts? Because yeah. how else can you grow? You're already the number one exactly. in the US. So your intention is to grow. And I would feel like that has to be MLS's intention is to grow. Let's be relevant for, for viewers. Let's sell our rights in the UK and everywhere else worldwide. So how do you do that with a system that feels so unrelatable? And I understand your NBA, NFL, all of those, all of those systems function without 
promotion and relegation, and they're still relevant. NBA has a following in the UK for sure, internationally, mm -hmm. Europe-wide, Asia, like you name it. Kate, question for you. Do you think that MLS would be more successful and get more eyeballs if they were on the same schedule as Europe? Because right now they're on a different, oh, they play on a different schedule than, than Europe. So their season starts now, like the end of February, Now's essentially. The time to do it. Exactly. Um, do you think that would, would help their cause? I don't know, because in some way you feel like this should be an advantage, right? That we're offering you soccer at a time of the year when you may not get it elsewhere. However, I do think that as a fan, we're so oversaturated with the amount of soccer that we watch, however many leagues you follow, midweek, Champions League, European, whatever, that at some point it's kind of like, I enjoyed my summer break. I was like, this is cool. I'm okay with not watching too much soccer. We've got the Women's World Cup coming up. That's, That's nice. That's why they didn't like, invite you in. <laughs> so you have to work in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like, I, I, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe if, you, if we're in that mindset of, okay, this is soccer season, maybe maybe it gets more included in like but highlight that, shows, all of that stuff. But yeah. maybe then it's harder because it's a saturated market. Right, and you're competing against it, yeah. And okay. I can understand the, the argument against changing it. You know, uh, in South America, they have an apertura and clausura, which is a beginning season mm -hmm. and a second season. So it's almost two seasons in one. Right. Uh, other places outside of England will do it uh, an elongated winter break, which I actually think England needs. I know boxing Why? day is important, just for the players. Just so you can they see don't the, do it for the players. They do it because of climate in, in other European countries, like in Germany, right? Mm -hmm. Bundesliga. That's a climate thing, not anything else. It's not like, oh, let's protect the players, as yeah, far no. as I understand. I'm saying I think it would be a benefit for the players to not have to play that long stretch of games, especially in the winter, to get that additional break. Yeah, but then I imagine like the schedule when you've got European Championships or when you've got World Cup. Then, like, where, As a player, where's your break coming? Like, I mean, they, but no. they do it in other countries, you know? Mm. Stand I think off. we solved it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we so solved I think it in the end, Yeah, I think in the end I'm right, right guys? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's solved. I think that's what I heard. You're welcome, Kate nodded. everybody. The camera wasn't on her, but she nodded, yes. <laughs> okay, we are going to go to a break once again. What we're going to talk about when we come back, we're going to talk about the U.S. Under-23 national team as it works towards the 2024 Olympics coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back.